Welcome to the Bud Brothers Podcast with Ben Steiger and Eric Metz. We just wrapped up four episodes discussing what it looks like to love God completely, heart, soul, mind, and strength. So if you haven't checked those out yet, please go back and listen to those when you get a minute. Uh, Today we're going to dive in and discuss the second part of this lifelong adventure that God calls us to live, and that is to love others as ourselves. But before we dive in, Ben, you've been on the road, so what's been up with you lately? Yeah, man. Uh, you know, it's September, and for me, September means uh, the mountains of the West and uh, just time with the Father and others uh, revolving around elk hunting. Years ago, I used to uh, go to the mountains because I thought I was going to go harvest an elk. And uh, man, God has taught me over the years of chasing these elusive uh, ghosts of the mountains that uh, it's not so much about the elk for me as it is. Uh, about him just speaking to my soul. And uh, man, so I am just refreshed, rejuvenated, and uh, fired up and ready ready to go for uh, for what God has for this fall, going into uh, the winter months and then the spring. Uh, but just a lot of neat things going on. And uh, man, I was finally able to harvest an elk and just a God-awesome story uh, that at some point, uh, you know, I'll, I'll share with you guys. Uh, about but this process of God just stripping me of my pride and uh, when I started that prayer years ago I had no idea that elk hunting was going to be the premier way that God was going to do that for me and for my heart and uh, man it all came together Uh, I I mean this process just kind of came full circle over this last uh this last month. So at some point, uh, man, I look forward to sharing that with you guys, but uh, I'm doing really well. Thanks for asking, man. Congrats on, on harvesting an elk. That's exciting. Yeah. Well, can't wait to share it with you and, and others. Yeah. <laughs> Tastes good. <laughs> yeah. Can't wait. I haven't, uh, I don't know if I've ever had elk before. Also, congratulations. I'm excited for just the experience that God has brought you on. I think mm-hmm. sometimes we look over those stories and those experiences and uh, so just excited to to hear more about that story at some point. But come on, man! Um, yeah. It's exciting to hear what what God's doing in people's lives, and and eventually on this podcast we're gonna do some more interviews with people and really hear some of those stories. So maybe we'll have one of you one of them set aside for you to share more on that. But yeah, absolutely. But for today we're gonna dive into this topic of loving other people as the second part of living this lifelong adventure. So Ben, in the challenge, you share that loving others sounds straightforward, but what does it mean to really love others as Jesus commands us to, despite our culture? I know culture today seems very far away when it says love, obviously romantic love comes to mind and all that, but what do you think Jesus is meaning when he tells us to love others as ourselves? So love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then Jesus said, secondly, love your neighbor as yourself. You know, the first and greatest commandment, Mark 12, 30, continues right into the next verse, saying, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. You know, there is no other commandment greater than these. You know, it uses the word these. The word these, you know, seemingly links the two of these together, you know, as the greatest commandment. Love God with all heart, soul, mind, strength, and love others around you. And so, you know, they're they're connected. You know, they are put together as one. And loving others, you know, seems simple, 
uh, and straightforward. But what current culture defines as love for another, you know, has significantly strayed uh, from what Jesus was saying. You know, just a little bit ago, I did a, a Google search and I typed in what what does love mean? And of course, there were all kinds of results, but there was one that stuck out to me. It was titled 10 People uh, Explain What Love Means to Them. And uh, it was on a uh, just one love dot uh, org or something website but i want to read to you guys some of these uh comments that love means to them and uh one said for me love is the most secure feeling love is having a companion best friend lover partner sounding board cheerleader advisor and cuddle buddy through every avenue in the journey of life uh completely opening up and sharing your feelings and life with them daily that's what constitutes a healthy relationship but it must be mutual if a particular area is lacking on either side of the relationship it makes it unideal or unhealthy love is respect to me a healthy relationship is built on respect for one another each person understands the commitment they are making to the other person Love is being in sync. A healthy relationship could describe a plethora of different types of relationships, but the most important aspect of being in a relationship is being in sync. Whether you both talk through every hour of your waking day or whether you agree that you're both busy and you'll just talk on the phone at the end of every day, as long as you both are in agreement, that is what's important. Love is commitment. The key to success in a healthy relationship with someone is actually the terrifying but necessary effort of commitment. Being there for someone is what a real relationship needs. When we neglect to put in the effort, things don't work out with someone that could have been perfect for us. If you put in the extra effort for someone, that can reciprocate. Love can be the greatest feeling one can ever feel. Uh, you know, it goes on and on. Love is growing. Love is knowing. Uh, love languages, love is healthy communication, love is equality. A healthy relationship in my eyes is when two people are equal in a relationship. We equally love, we equally respect, and we equally care. You know, Eric, I know that uh, that you get where, where I'm going here. Uh, you know, yeah, there were all kinds of different Google searches I could I could pick. Uh, but man, I really, I was looking for just that, you know, for some some words from people in regards to their view of what love is and culturally the terms love and lust are practically interchangeable when we describe how we feel about a person or even material possessions or food you know but biblical love true love is different true love has nothing to do with the way it makes us feel or our attraction or infinity for something Love is not dependent on the recipient being deserving or giving anything back. Man, I mean, that, that gives me holy bumps right now. I, I don't know if I've explained what holy bumps are, but holy bumps are you get goosebumps, you know, when you're scared and you get chill bumps when you're cold. And I get holy bumps when I just feel the Holy Spirit just uh, speak into my heart because the reason that hit me is because, man, I am so undeserving of the love of Jesus Christ. I am so undeserving of it. But yet, even while I was still a sinner, he freely gave up his life for me. 
man, that hits me. It hits me right in my heart because I know how undeserving I am. And I also know that I am called to love as Christ loved. And so that means I'm called to love no matter whether somebody deserves it or not. No matter whether or not I'm going to get it back. You know, he loved us so much that yet while we were still sinners, he gave up his life. And we're supposed to love others the same way. You know, the deal is, is that, uh, man, love wants goodness for someone with no expectation of return. That's what stuck out to me the most is the the uh, the descriptions really seemed like well in sync with somebody and almost like meet halfway. Let's you know I'm I'm football is my background so football field hundred yards. If my spouse is on the goal line and I'm on the other goal line, uh, our culture says well we should meet at the fifty yard line and you know I give fifty percent she gets fifty percent and then that's love and. And the Bible defines it way differently. I got to go 100 yards and not expect her to step one yard mm. forward. Yeah. And that sounds extreme. It sounds impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Amen. He is the one that gives us the love. He's the one that stirs in our hearts with the Spirit to mm. do that, to march that 100 yards, to meet our, whether it's our spouse or a neighbor. It doesn't have to be our spouse even, just a neighbor or other person that we are relating with. So. But I love the love chapter. It's 1 Corinthians 13. Uh, it really just straightforward says what what love is exactly. And uh, you did a great job of explaining that as well. But just want to quote scripture here real quick. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. Mm. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others, which, wow, that's a dishonor. That's a big thing in our culture as well. It is not self-seeking. That's a tough one. It is not easily angered. It keeps Mm. no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Amen. It's just, you, you'll hear this at weddings sometimes and things like that, but when you sit and think about what all that requires to do to fulfill that, that's a tough one. Mm, that's yeah. tough. Well, and, and you know, the fact that you hear it at, at weddings or you hear it at the things where, you know, it's supposed to be the easiest to love others. Uh, you know, you're naturally supposed to love your wife, you know, you're supposed to love your kids, you know, but I was reading earlier in Matthew five, I want to read that to you real quick. Matthew five, uh, verses 43 through 48, it says you have been taught. So this is Jesus's sermon uh, on the Mount. And, uh, it says you have been taught to love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you this, love your enemy. Pray for those who torment you and persecute you. In doing so, you become children of your Father in heaven. He, after all, loves each of us, good and evil, kind and cruel. He causes the sun to rise and shine on evil and good alike. He causes the rain to water the fields of the righteous in the fields of the sinner. It is easy to love those who love you. Even a tax collector can love those who love him. And it is easy to greet your friends. Even outsiders do that. But you are called to do something higher. To be perfect as your father in heaven uh, is perfect. And so, you know, like 
we're called to love those that it's not easy to love. You know, there isn't this line that says, you know, you just take the, the ones that are easy uh, to love, your wife and your kids and your friends and your mom and your dad and your brothers and your sisters. No, your, your enemies, we are to love them. You know, the scripture tells us that they shall know us by our love. It's the thing that changes the world, changes eternity. So, yeah, it's powerful scripture, man. Good call to take it up a notch to love our enemies. That's uh, also in scripture, like you mentioned. And the other part of the Bible says Jesus calls us to take up our cross daily and follow him. Well, following him requires us to love. Mm-hmm. And a cross is not easy to pick up. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. we've got we've to figure that out. And, and it leads us actually into our next question, Ben. How does loving God completely help us love others to this extent? The reality is, is that it's impossible uh, to love with, you know, absolute zero selfish interest uh, on our own. Uh, You know, as we grow in our love for God and the knowledge of his love for us, I mean, that's where all true love begins as a relationship with Christ and his love for us. But as our knowledge of his love for us grows, he reveals the areas of selfishness and, and pride, you know, that we need to surrender to experience the fullness and restoration, you know, that he ultimately offers. And through this process of surrender and restoration, we are able to begin truly loving others because we become more and more uh, like Jesus. And that is where true freedom, true fulfillment, true purpose and goodness are found. Loving others is the outpouring of God's love into us and through us. And it's centrifugal. We can't love God without loving others. It just, it's, it's not true. Or if we say we truly love God and don't love others, there's a lie, you know, in there. And we can't truly love others without loving God. And so by loving God, naturally the outpouring is for us to love others. And so it's a good way, it's a good litmus test for us to check where we are at with the Father by just taking a, a step back and to look at how we engage those around us, how we react to the world, how we react to uh, opponents, how we react to enemies, and how we react to you know, those that we love uh, the most that sometimes we get short with. Is it Ben and Eric speaking, or is it the Father pouring into us and through us his love for others? So, man, we have to be tapped into the Father to love others. Our Blood Brothers Braid met last week, and it all just comes back to we need more of Jesus at the end of the mm-hmm. day. like it, Amen. We may sound redundant when we keep coming back to this, but time with Him every day, time in the Word, time worshiping, time you know, journaling, praying, surrendering, uh, keeps coming back. And it reminds me of the, the verse, 1 John 4, 8, where it says, Whoever does not love does not know God, mm-hmm. because yeah. God is love. It's not God likes to love or does love. Like he literally is the word mm-hmm. and the epitome of love. Right. So it's good, man. Yeah. More Jesus. Yeah. I say it often. More, you yeah. Know? yeah. The solution is not found. And uh, it, it might, you know, the father might use aspects of, of different things in, in life. You know, it could be a book or a counselor or this, that, and the other. But if it's not rooted in love of Jesus Christ, 
uh, then it's just something that is going to temporarily uh, fill a void that only he can he can fill. More Jesus, give me some. Yeah, we'll move on to the, the next question here, Ben. Again, in the challenge, you say that we need to shed our dead weight in order to love God and love others. Yeah. What do you mean by shedding our dead weight? And how does this help us love others better? Yeah. Well, I'm just going to share a story from the challenge from Base Camp 5. Uh, you know, my buddy Keith and I were on this backpacking adventure with a group of dudes in uh, Medicine Bow Mountains in the wilderness of Wyoming. And uh, we had never met some of the guys that were going on this trip with us. They showed up at the parking lot and, uh, you know, everybody else's bag, we were able to just fling up on top of the luggage racks. And this one dude's bag, uh, it was bigger than he was. And uh, it was huge. It took two of us to throw up there. We got it up there and we're like, man, are you sure you need everything in there? And he's like, oh, I'll be good. And this dude was a super fit dude. Uh, he was in the military and uh, you could just look at him and he was, he was a fit guy. And like, all right, well, we'll trust that you know what you're doing. Well, they uh, they won into the trip, and you could tell that this dude was really struggling. And you know, a couple, me and Keith and some others said, "Hey, are you sure you you want to keep carrying what you have going going what you're taking there?" And uh, he's like, "Yeah, I'm good." And uh, day two comes around, and you know. We've crossed some hairy sections, you know, we're, we're, we're not on a trail. And so there was a beetle kill that went through there. So we're crossing over trees, back and forth over rivers and crossing these shale chutes. And, uh, man, it's dangerous. And at times, uh, I was really concerned for this dude's safety and the safety of others. And, uh, you know, it was interesting because on our trip out there, he had this book. It was SAS survival guide or something. And it said, uh, you know, like on page one, you may have to leave the week uh, behind. And uh, he had shared that on the way out there. And uh, I think the morning, the third morning of the trip, we woke up and there is this pile of stuff in the middle of our camp. <laughs> An extra sleeping bag, extra lighters, extra hatchets, this, that, and the other. And that dang SAS survival book. <laughs> put on top and uh you know this dude had all these pockets in this bag he had all this ability to put stuff in and so he just figured oh well i'll take it it's good stuff and uh little did he know that even though it was good stuff it was going to keep him from getting to where he really wanted to go and not only was it going to keep him but uh man if he would have continued with all that stuff it was likely going to hurt him and uh you know, the analogy is, is that in life, we have so many opportunities to do good things, you know, coach a football team, help with this, do that, you know, the PTA at school, serve here at church, serve there at church, go here, do there, you know, all these different opportunities are good things, but are they the best things? Are they what God's calling you to do with your passion, talents, time, and resources? Just because they're good doesn't mean they're right. And obviously, uh, we each have experience with bad things that just should not be part of our lives, should not be in our pack. You know, lust, whether whether that's for material possessions or whether that's uh, lust of the flesh and physical uh, addictions, whether that's alcohol or substance of any source or work or whatever it is. There's just some things that are obvious that shouldn't be. Uh, but then there's some things that are less obvious because they're they're good things. And, uh, man, we need to be very careful with what we take on this journey 
uh, that God has before us. Because there's so many opportunities to do good things, but God wants you to do the things that you are going to do the best at. We can only do so much. And uh, so I really encourage individuals to, man, just invite Jesus into a, an honest conversation. Jesus, what is in my life that is slowly killing me? Uh, what in my life uh, is disguised as something that is is good, but is not really something that you want my time or investment uh, to go into? And uh, man, trust that the Father's going to speak. And you know, uh, we live in a bubble uh, sometimes where where we tell ourselves lies to make ourselves uh, feel like it's it's uh, it's all right with what we're we're doing and. Uh, man, invite Jesus to pierce that bubble and to just come in and to speak truth to uh, to your heart. So, yeah. This challenged me a lot. Uh, I actually went on, uh, we did our solo trek, which for those that don't know the challenge, like in between our map checks and our, our group gatherings, we we have a solo trek that we have to do individually to get it draws closer to God. And so I put my sandbag in my backpack and went for my mile prayer walk yeah. to say, Lord, what was, what's holding me down? What's, mm. what's in my sack that I need to get rid of? And, 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 uh, the word comparison came up mm. and I'm like, what? Like comparison? Like, and then slowly over the next few days and even yesterday at church, slowly more and more, he showed me how many times I'm comparing myself to other people. And then now I'm, I'm desiring to get involved with all these things to try to like keep up with other people or, try to do more than I really should that he's calling me to do yeah. and and then it's going to be distracting it's going to be uh, like to your point it may be good but it's hindering me from being really effective and excellent in the few things that he's calling me to do you know and so it really showed me also it, it stole my joy mm, yeah. the comparison trap stole my joy of just my joy of, of, of God of who I am my family and and just of what he's done in my life, it was like, oh, well, I'm not as good as that person, or I'm not, you know, I need to volunteer more here and do more of that. And it's like back to that approval game of seeking other people's approval, and it was zapping my joy. Yeah. And so that was the big thing that stuck out to me with my dead weight that I need to get rid of is that comparison trap and, and seeking the Father and being content with what he's calling me to and not trying to be somebody else or please somebody else. So. Yeah. That was a great exercise mm, you had as a part good, of the challenge. It's good. So yeah, when we when we talk about this dead weight, Hebrews twelve one came to mind, and it says, "Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us." Yeah. And so I love that analogy of throwing off everything that hinders us from running the race that God is calling us to, not what culture is calling us to, not what we even think sometimes that we should do, but what is God calling us to do and throw off everything, whether that's sin, whether that's the good things that prevent us from doing the best things. That's a good word, man. Any other thoughts as we wrap up today, Ben, on uh, loving others as ourselves as we land the plane here? This past adventure, you know, went on. Uh, I was invited into an adventure with a buddy. Uh, he invited me to do something that I would have likely never done uh, if 
he hadn't invited me and if he hadn't shown me that he could do it and that I could do it. And, uh, and he invited me to, you know, hike back in nine miles, you know, carrying a lot of weight, you know, enough weight that I can survive for 10 days in the back country of Colorado. And, uh, you know, I've hiked some significant distances before, and I've hiked further than that, but I've never hiked that far, far with the amount of weight, you know, that I was carrying. And, uh, and man, he invited me into an adventure that changed my life forever that God used to round out this story that he had been just working in my heart for all these uh, years. But he did that because my buddy uh, invited me because he loved me, because he wanted me to experience something good that he uh, had found uh, to be good for himself. And, you know, that's why this podcast exists. That's why Blood Brothers exists. That's why I invite guys on adventures, uh, because I, I love others, and I want them to experience the greatest things that I have experienced. And the greatest thing that I have experienced, and you would agree, is the love of Jesus Christ. And I want to close uh, my part with a scripture from First Peter uh, chapter 3. Uh, verses 8 through 12 but i was up in the mountains uh, with a group of guys a couple weeks ago and uh, i mean i just shared the scripture about how important it is for us to love uh, over top of the things that annoy us the things that bother us uh, and how important it is for our walk with christ to to love well so i'm going to read the scripture Uh, finally all of you be like-minded and show sympathy, love, compassion, and humility to and for each other, not paying back evil with evil or insult with insult, but repaying the bad with a blessing. It was this you were called to do so that you might inherit a blessing. It is written in the Psalms, if you love life and want to live a good long time, then be careful what you say. Don't tell lies or spread gossip or talk about improper things. Walk away from evil things in the world. Just leave them behind and do what is right. And always seek peace and pursue it. For the Lord watches over the righteous and his ears are attuned to their prayers. But his face is set against his enemies. He will punish evil doers. Thanks for sharing that. That's a great verse. I'd be one of those to read regularly and memorize. Mm -hmm. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for, again for all you share and just your wisdom and perspective. I appreciate it a lot. I hope the listeners are getting a lot out of this as well. Just as far as uh, next steps, in light of loving other people, we encourage you guys to share this with your friends. Like if, there, if you think somebody would benefit from not only the challenge and Blood Brothers ministry in general, but the podcast, maybe give them some encouragement in their faith and their walk with the Lord. Encourage you to share this podcast with your friends. Also subscribe to the show and provide a rating and review. Let us know how we're doing and it helps us get the word out about how we can grow as men and as people, whoever's listening, and also become more engaged in our walk with the Lord. So also in the show notes, there's ways of connecting with Blood Brothers and check out the website and social media links in the show notes. And so with that, thanks for listening and have a great day. Mm